0: But instead of my name in that empty space, it had something else written there. Hey there! If you believe in God and aren't really sure what to do with that belief, or if you personally know Jesus and want a deeper relationship with Him, then this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Middleton, and welcome to the BookCast. We are over halfway through the journey together in releasing a book via the podcast format, which means if you have been with me from chapter one, you have already read half of a book. Congratulations. Studies show that most people would have put down a new book by this point, but not you. You're beating the odds and I'm so thankful for you. I'm also thankful for those joining us for the first time. If this is your first time listening in, I'm so incredibly glad that you're here today. Before I start this chapter, I want to clarify something. I am not a doctor. I am not a counselor. I can only speak from my humble experiences and hope it encourages you in your own journey. In this chapter, I touch on some of my own mental health journey. My intention is to share the small bits of applicable truth that God has shown me and used to grow my identity in Him. Again, I am not a medical professional, so when it comes to medical and mental health, please don't substitute my words for the courageous work of seeking professional help. There are so many people who are more qualified than I am to speak on these topics, and I simply want to share my own story and the truth nuggets. That I have learned. I believe in counseling, therapy, and other medical options for mental health. So if, by what I say, sparks a desire to take some of those courageous steps by seeking out professional help, then I encourage you, dear listener, follow that inkling. Again, I am just here to share what God's done to strip me of the labels I had put on myself physically, emotionally, and mentally. There is nothing wrong with seeking healing and wholeness, specifically when it comes to mental health. There is nothing wrong with battling against these attacks from the enemy. But in this chapter, I want to gently suggest that many mental health battles are just that, attacks from the enemy, and not part of who we really are. In this chapter, I want to share my journey of stripping away different labels that I've found my identity in, so that all that remains is the
1: truest thing. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 36. But
0: I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. Chapter 7. Hello, my name is... I remember wondering what that even was. Polycystic ovarian syndrome? To my 15-year-old brain, it didn't mean much at first. The doctor mentioned how I had a lot of the symptoms. Weight gain, extra body hair, oily skin, and because of all of this, they started doing more in-depth tests to see if, in fact, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay, so what does this mean? I asked. It took the doctor a lot of words to say just a few things. Because of that, it felt like it took my brain a long time to finally understand. But after a few more in-depth conversations and tests, it was official. The polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS for short, Went on my medical record and the label that it carried slid onto my heart like a new layer of my identity. PCOS is basically a genetic predisposition in women to hormone imbalance when it comes to insulin, estrogen, and testosterone. My doctors explained that these three hormone imbalances can cause an array of symptoms. They mentioned that infertility could be one of those symptoms. But back then, I didn't know how much that particular symptom would truly affect my life. They assured me not to worry and that modern medicine had answers for infertility. So I didn't think any more about that and found a label to identify with. By the end of my sophomore year in high school, PCOS became part of who I was. It felt good to be able to place the blame of my medical issues on something and say that it's just part of who I am. I started taking medicine, began seeing a dietitian, and embarked on the roller coaster of diets that would characterize so many years of my life. By going through the tests, starting the treatments, and hearing the doctors talk about what this meant for the rest of my life, I couldn't help but feel a firm and unmistakable shift in how I saw myself. I no longer was a carefree teenager. I was a young woman with PCOS who had to think about long-term health. While talking with my doctors, I started to say things like my PCOS and my problems. I would use other verbiage to indicate that this was part of me, part of who I was. I was totally bought into this new label that was placed on me and I accepted it as part of my identity. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever come to a point in your life where a label began to define you and it altered how you saw yourself? Maybe it was a label of a medical diagnosis like mine, or perhaps it was a label of a learning disability. Maybe it was a mental health label that you fully bought into as part of who you are. Whatever the label, we tend to internalize them and take these labels on as part of who we are instead of using them to describe a small aspect of us. This is what happened when I was told about PCOS. I hadn't yet found my identity in Christ, so I put on the label and just accepted it as part of who I was. I imagine this happening like when I put one of those stickered name tags on. You know, those name tags, the ones that say, Hello, my name is, at the very top. But instead of my name in that empty space, it had something else written there. I slapped on the label of polycystic ovarian syndrome, just like a name tag over top of my true identity. In my eyes, this label became part of me, as if the name tag were a new layer of skin, a part of who I was. I internalized this label so much that I just assumed it was part of how God created me. He just made me with this genetic disorder, and so I viewed this label as part of who I was. This idea of accepting a label as part of myself has come up several times in my life. One of these other labels threatened to steal my peace and mental health. My Experience with Anxiety After my best friend broke up with me, I battled and waged war with anxiety and panic attacks. I had never experienced them before, but now they seemed to be a semi-regular occurrence that threatened my daily life. I continued to try and manage the anxiety attacks in the months that followed the breakup with my best friend. All the while, I could hear the enemy screaming in my ears that this was my new normal. In that time frame, I could relate to the memes and posts about anxiety. I felt comforted when someone could relate to what I was feeling, but there was more going on in my spirit. There was a battle going on deep in my heart. The enemy was trying to place a new label on me to cover over the identity that God had given me. This new label was much more sinister than the medical condition of my high school years. This one seemed to threaten to change how my brain processed information. This new label read, anxious and it felt like I could do nothing to heal from it. The longer I stayed in this state of anxiety, the less hope I felt that I would ever be free from it. I began to believe the lie that I was an anxious person at the core of who I was. I believed that lie until God used my mom to break this line of thinking. While cleaning and sorting through some old things, My mom found a mini-interview that I had done in middle school. In this interview, I described myself as fun-loving, joyful, and always one joke away from being slap-happy. My mom read this to me over the phone and spoke to my soul by saying, You say that you don't remember who you are anymore? Well, that's who you are, Rachel this is who God made you to be. It was those words that helped something click inside my heart. I had been living under the pressure of anxiety attacks for several months, and I was beginning to believe that this was just who I was. And let me tell you, the pressure to conform to the lies that being anxious was part of my identity was real. The enemy tried to come in and spin lies that being anxious was just part of who I am. But God used my mom and this interview to remind me of who he created me to be, who I truly am. My healing from anxiety. That conversation with my mom didn't fix everything right in that moment. In fact, at first it hurt because it pointed out how I was letting the enemy win. But that conversation jump-started my heart into the realization that I didn't have to agree with the enemy or claim the anxiety as part of my identity. I began to fight against it instead of give in to the panic attacks and anxiety. I finally realized that they were not part of me, but instead they were an attack sent from Satan to steal my joy and corrupt my identity. This change in perspective that the anxiety that I felt wasn't part of me, but was an attack, helped me go searching for the root cause of this anxiety, instead of just trying to deal with the symptoms of the anxiety itself. For me, The root causes of this anxiety were the unforgiveness that I held in my heart against my old best friend and my idolatry of her. For more on that story, feel free to reread chapter 2. It was in this time of really seeking for the root causes of these labels that God revealed something to me, and I want to share that with you. As children of God, we are not the diagnosis the doctor gives us. We are not the pain that we feel. We are not the mental illness that we fight. We are not the learning disability that we struggle with. It was in that time of seeking for the root cause that God helped me build the courage to resist these lies and attacks instead of owning them as part of my identity or accepting them with my words. We can acknowledge the symptoms of these attacks and do our best to treat them, but let's not accept them as part of who God made us to be. It is possible to address and treat these labels, medical, mental health, or otherwise, without giving them authority over who we are. If we battle a medical condition, we can seek help from healthcare care professionals. If we struggle with anxiety or depression, yes, we go see a counselor. And if needed, take medicine for a time. We acknowledge the symptoms of these attacks. But if we accept them as part of who we are and subject ourselves to the idea that we can never heal from them, then we are not living out of the reality of who God created us to be. The enemy heaps shame on us for feeling and dealing with some of these things. Whether it be PCOS, depression, or an array of other attacks and labels, Satan tries to call us unworthy because of them. Because of this shame and these feelings of unworthiness, We sometimes accept these labels to try to feel better, as if by internalizing these labels and saying that they are part of us, we can somehow feel normal. I want to suggest that we can normalize these labels as a common attack from the enemy without normalizing them as part of who we are as individuals or as a society. Let's not make the mistake of normalizing it as part of who we are at the core of our being. What I want to gently suggest is that these labels are not part of who we are, but that they are attacks and weapons from the enemy. Instead of claiming these attacks as part of ourselves, perhaps we should see them through a different lens. Not that we feel shame from these attacks, but that we rise up and recognize them for what they are, attacks, not part of us. Once we see these labels as attacks on our identity, we can begin to take ground in the battle for our soul. Our vantage point switches from simply managing the pain and symptoms inflicted by these attacks to fighting back taking the offensive stance and taking ground away from the enemy. I believe that it is possible to find the root cause of most of these labels and heal from them as we seek to find our identity in Jesus first and foremost. I find myself wishing I would have known in high school the power that my words carry and the power in recognizing an attack for what it truly is instead of mistaking the attack for part of who I am. Not only was I diagnosed with PCOS in high school, but I was also given another label in those four years. Another Label I was homeschooled through 8th grade, and for high school, I shifted to public school. Once I started attending public high school, I began to realize how difficult it was for me to read smoothly and hold numbers in my head. I would spend hours reading a single chapter in my textbook that would take a classmate 20 minutes. I also couldn't seem to make math work without double-checking that I didn't get the numbers mixed around. I didn't realize these academic difficulties until I was around other peers and noticed how easily simple things like reading and arithmetic came for others. After talking with the special education resource teacher, I put on the label of dyslexia. It became part of who I was. I started to see myself through the lens of what I couldn't do instead of what I could do. I internalized that label and started living out of the reality of being dyslexic. Looking back now, I can see how the symptoms of dyslexia actually worsened as I internalized and owned this new label. I suddenly saw myself through this new label and didn't want to even try to push through the discomfort of reading. I didn't want to take steps towards healing. I just wanted to take the easy road and set myself on cruise. I believed the lie that it was just part of who I was and that I wasn't able to overcome it. I see now how owning that label changed how I saw myself. I agreed with the dyslexia label that was put on me. In my heart, I saw myself that way. And because of that, my reality changed. I don't mean to downplay medical or mental health diagnoses, and I don't mean to trivialize learning disabilities. Again, this is just my story and my experience. However, I think that as a society, we have given these labels, these attacks, way too much power over how we see ourselves and who we are. We seem to accept these labels in our hearts and just agree with them instead of fighting against the enemy and taking steps towards healing. And that agreement in our heart plays a big role in how we see ourselves. The power of words and agreement. Our words and hearts have a large part to play in attaching or removing the labels that try to define who we are. Without our words, labels have very little room to mess with our identity. And without our hearts engaged in the courageous work to peel off labels and get to the root, The truth of who we are in Christ will not penetrate the deepest part of ourselves, and victory over the labels will be nearly impossible. Let's talk about our words for just a minute. Our words have power because we are made in the image of God. We are meant to mirror His power and glory. So if we are created in His image, then it follows that because God's words have power, ours do as well. We reflect His power and authority. And because his words have power and authority, our words hold that weight as well. In the beginning, God created. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning was the word. John 1.1 And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1.3 God spoke, and by his words, all things leapt into existence just like God creates with a single breath, so we can create with simple words that flow from our mouths. Our words have power in the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual realms. They echo in the spiritual and solidify the physical and carry immense weight when it comes to our identity. The fact that our words have influence and power that reaches past the confines of just our own mental headspace is shown in Proverbs 16.24. It says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Spiritual, emotional, and physical realms are all present in this verse. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This verse confirms that our words have power in many areas of our lives. Proverbs 18.21 points this out as well when it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We are created in the image of God. Because His words have power, I believe our words have power. When we use our words to agree and accept the labels put on us, we agree with them and allow them to take root in our identity. And that agreement is a powerful force in the physical realm, as well as the spiritual. Oftentimes, we assume that our words come from our thoughts. However, in reality, they come from a much deeper source. Our words are the overflow of what come out of our heart. If our hearts agree with the labels put on us, our mouths will speak from that overflow. This powerful link between heart and mouth is clear and is displayed in the Bible several times. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Luke 6.45b Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Psalm 19:14 If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. Romans 10:9 Our words and our hearts are connected. So let's make sure that our hearts are engaged in this process. By our hearts agreement and our mouth's words, we can bring about different realities around us. The enemy is fighting hard for us to use the power to accept his attacks as part of our identity. If the enemy can get us to agree with these labels in our hearts and speak them out into being, then these labels truly will be affixed to who we are, unless we fight against it. We have authority in the name of Jesus. So when our powerful words speak out of the authority we have in Jesus, That has immense physical and spiritual ramifications. Just like our heart and words can solidify the attacks from the enemy by agreeing with and speaking it out into being, so can our hearts and words solidify the identity we have in Jesus. When we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that our identity is found in Jesus, it changes our reality. Do I do this perfectly? absolutely not. There are days when I struggle with seeing myself through the lens of the labels Satan tries to put on me. And there are still days when I speak about these issues as if they are part of who I am. But I've come to realize that in the end, I am not the problems I face. I am not the pain I feel. I am a child of God who is wildly loved and worthy of healing. God calls me worthy of his love, so I choose to believe that. So I continue to work on peeling off label after label to reveal the truest thing about me, which is the love from my Father. How about you? Has the enemy tried to put a label on you like he's tried to put on me? Have you accepted a label as part of your identity? as part of who you are. Perhaps it's a diagnosis, a medical condition that came with a new identity. Maybe you have chosen a label that you feel suits you, almost like a self-diagnosed identity. It could be a mental illness that you struggle with, or it could be a label that describes your behavior, like hyperactive, aggressive, or high-strung. Whatever it is, labels can be helpful in describing the symptoms of what we struggle with. However, it can be dangerous for us to use these labels as part of our identity. When we define who we are through these labels, it can be hard to see ourselves for who God truly made us to be. We lose sight of our identity in Christ and instead take hold of the identity of the label. Have you used labels to define yourself? I want to give us some time to pray on this. Again, there is nothing magical about my words. There is nothing special about this specific prayer. I simply offer it as an outline or guide to give voice to what the Holy Spirit might be stirring in your heart. So, let's make some time to hear from the Holy Spirit right now. I believe there is something special in praying out loud. There is power in our words.
1: So when you are ready, I encourage you to pray out loud with me. Holy Spirit, come and fill this moment. We want to discover who you made us to be. Please open our eyes to see any labels that we need to peel off. Holy Spirit, have I allowed a label to define me? What is that label? did something come to your mind? Did you hear, see, or sense anything? If so, I want to
0: take a moment and meditate on what God may be revealed to us. Feel free to pause your reading here, and whenever you are ready, pray the next paragraph with me. When you hear the words, this label, please specify what label the Lord revealed
1: to you. In the name of Jesus, I renounce this label. And I refuse to believe that it is part of who I am. I am a child of God. I am clothed in victory that Jesus won for me. This label has no authority over me, and I break agreement with it in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, please help me to see and address the symptoms of this label in a healthy way without owning it as part of who you created me to be. I believe that you created me in your image You created me to reflect your glory and I believe that you created me for love. Help me see myself for who you made me to be and give me strength to continue on this journey with you. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Resources
0: Mental health is such a difficult topic, and it can be extremely hard to navigate alone. For the resources for this chapter, I want to encourage you to find a trusted counselor and or medical professional in your area. Take a step in your own journey and maybe try to work through some of the mental health labels that do not describe who you truly are. I challenge you to take whatever step the Holy Spirit leads you to. Take a step towards healing and discover who you truly are in Christ. Ask around and find a professional counselor and or medical professional in your area to help begin to address some of these labels. Thank you for joining me for Chapter 7. I pray that you have connected with it in some way, even just a little bit. When we connect with each other and share our stories, healing really takes place in our hearts. So if you know someone struggling with mental health labels, maybe share this chapter with them and let them know that you are there for them. Connection with other people is invaluable when it comes to healing. So perhaps today's chapter can be a starting point for some of that connection. Thank you for connecting with part of my journey today. Have a blessed day in Jesus. A Poem to the Light of My Life, Jesus Hosea 6-3 You are as beautiful as the rising sun. Your light and warmth are too marvelous for me to fully behold. Life springs forth because of your rays. Just to bask in your glory, feel you radiate through my body, my spirit longs for that. You color everything I see. Would the flower be so bright without you? Would water sparkle without you to reflect upon it? Would the leaves seem so vibrant without you to illuminate their colors? Would snow glisten and shimmer without you? Without you is darkness. I question my purpose. Why am I? What am I even doing here? I question where I belong. Who would want me? I question my identity. Who am I? Really? There can be very long nights. Entire seasons pass by without a trace of you. Where are you? My soul cries. When will you return? My spirit sighs. How long till this darkness ends? As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. Never changing, ever faithful, steadfast lover. You were there in my darkest season. You were there in the longest night. Truly, you are more beautiful than the rising sun, for you are more constant, and your love for me more true.
1: Written October 30th, 2020